When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald is on vacation today, and we are here to help you understand your money, do a better job with it, make more of it, keep more of it, keep people from doing bad things to it. And we're live and in studio, and we want to take your call. So here's the number. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. For those of you who would prefer to have that in the alphabet. I, I hate that personally. 855-935-8255. So we're here for the next hour. I want to take your calls about anything money-related, any issues you have, any way we can help you avoid making bad decisions or any of those tipping points you're trying to figure out the right thing to do. Um, yeah, we'll even take calls about cryptocurrencies, even though trading is down 70% and the price is down by more than a half in just a couple of months. And it is my incredible pleasure to welcome to the program today a guy that uh, that I've known going back to the late 1980s, a guy that actually we had a show right here on KVI uh, in the early 2000s for, I think, about 10 years. The program was uh, picked by Money Magazine as the best money podcast of 2008. He's an educator. He's an author. He's a podcaster. He's still out helping thousands of people every year. Former business partner. He founded a great firm here in Seattle called Merriman, and that would be Paul Merriman. Thank you for being on the program. It is great to be back, Tom. Thank you very much. I think you just came for the free lunch, but that's I did. Not, okay, I I'm just did. testing. That was great. We had an hour break because uh, on the other station they had to run a football game. Yeah, people tune in for football a lot in in uh, April. I mean, football's big in April. Uh, okay, it's really not. So, I mean, let's start. Let's start the program off with a, a little bit of controversy because. You know, generally, I try to help people in our business, especially young people. I want young, we need more young people, right? Because they're the future. No, that's bad quote. That, that, but that's, <laughs> no, you're, you're But because right. I'm going to be old one day and I want them to be able to take care of me, right? I mean, same. we need more young people to keep paying into Social Security so I get my Social Security. But we need more young, because this business, uh, uh, to be completely honest with you, has been uh, very white Anglo-Saxon. And yeah. number two, it's getting old. I mean, the people, the advisors are getting kind of old. Even I'm, I hate to say it now, barely 60 years old so uh our time getting up every morning at 4 15 and going to work is getting less hopefully theirs is getting more so i like trying to help young people in this business but sometimes it doesn't always work out the best now i'll give you an example so this week um i thought i was helping somebody but it turns out they didn't think so because they had a post up on on a social media site not uh, not uh, uh, Facebook, but a different one where you can find... Oh, I'll go ahead and say it's LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. And are you on LinkedIn? I am. Okay. So we're probably linked up. And, and so I don't 
post, I think the last thing I posted was a silly video I made in Mexico where they wouldn't let me into a soccer stadium. I don't put a lot of stuff up there, but I read it. I'm curious, see what other people are doing. And this young person had put a post about going and helping high school students, which I think is great because we got to get young people, really young people, figuring out money and making good decisions. And he talked about the fact that he was going there to help them, but as part of that, he was going to have a contest. Now, guess what kind of contest that was? Uh, of course, I know. You know. I know because the rest of the it's what the, well, no, it's what the whole educational system believes is the way that you get kids involved, and that is they have a stock-picking contest. Right, you pick Apple instead of Microsoft, or Costco instead of Amazon, whatever it is, you got to you get your three stocks, and we're going to look at these in a month or a week or a year, and we'll you're the winner. Good job. Um, I can still remember my brother picking McDonald's in about 1972. I think he probably did. That was probably a good pick in 1972. But anyway, I then he wrote that post. I responded. Maybe I shouldn't have. I I said, you know, thank you for helping young people, but please don't tell them that picking stocks is investing because it's not. And within an hour, he wrote me and, and uh, called me a name, which wasn't very nice. And then he wrote our human resources department and called me another name, which wasn't very nice, which I'm not going to mention here uh, because this is a family uh, radio station. So I guess maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Maybe it was inappropriate. But I, I'm really down on stock picking contests. I think it sends all the wrong messages to people because picking stocks is not investing. It is speculating. I called it gambling in another place, and you corrected me. Maybe so, because picking Amazon is not a gamble, but it is a speculation. The only reason you pick into the only, and I remember you telling this at a, a Rotary presentation a couple of years ago. The only reason you pick individual stocks is to make more than the market, right? I mean, there is no other reason to own these companies other than I want to make more than just settling for an index fund. So I, I wrote that. Um, I, I the other part that I really hate is. When you at 15, you're told investing is I got to pick the right stocks. We try to be the guys at the other end when you're 55 to correct your poor behavior and tell you, no, it's okay to just own the market and get index like mutual fund returns. People don't at their heart believe that because this is not what they were told 40 years earlier. That's my take. Well, and there's more to that story uh, because we were having lunch with your tailor, your son. Yes. And I think he, he only came for the free lunch. Maybe that was it. <laughs> but he shared his experience uh, at school with the stock picking game, and he did well, I think, using mutual funds rather than individual companies. But more importantly, his girlfriend lost 60% of the value of her portfolio. Now, she runs Let's, our portfolio department, by the way, I should say that, and she's got some great picks, let me tell but, you right now. But but here's the bottom line. Not like, so uh, unlike a lot of people, if they have that first experience be bad, whether it's hypothetical or real time, they could conclude that stocks are a bad place to be, that you can be hurt by owning stocks. That's a terrible message for a young person to get. Yeah, and we see this sometimes, right? That people, they do something for a while, it doesn't work, and then they say, well, I did investing, investing doesn't work. Right. Now you're 30, and I don't want to invest because, hey, I did that and it doesn't make money. 
And you missed 10 years, the right. 10 best years of investing you'll ever have because of all the time that you have with that first 10 years. Yeah, I just, I just wish, how about a contest about how much do I need to save for the rest of my life? Or better yet, how do I save? Well, How do I? I, st- I mean, there's a lot of ways to save, right? If you're a teenager and you have an income, you could start a Roth IRA. Well, you could you could use right. Acorns. You could just have the money come right out of your pocket. There's a lot of ways to do that. Yes, and as you and I were talking this morning, uh, we have this upcoming retire meet in Everett. We do at uh, May fifth. That would be two weeks from today. And yes, you've sir. asked me to speak, and we're excited to have you there. And I'm going to be speaking about the the, the best steps to take, to the best decisions you can make. In that presentation, I am going to release the best step that I have ever learned about being a successful investor. No, I'm not going to give it to you here. It's a tease. It's It's worth more than that. All right. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, we got people waiting on the phones. Let's go to them. Uh, This is a long-distance call, so we better pick it up quickly. Line one is Don. Is it the Don? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my! Oh God. my goodness! Yeah. We I, I, couldn't I, shake I, him. I have to know. I have to know what they called you. I can't say I it. This know. is not the Howard Stern show. Would you I like it? Sounds oh, like. Come on, I can't take it. <laughs> What? Look, it, I, I would tell you what it sounds like, but I'm not allowed. I don't think you're allowed to do it. Sounds like I think you like. could actually. You could? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, are you a fisherman, Don? Uh, no, but I know I've, I've. Some of my best friends are fishermen. You think they know what a bass hole is <laughs> for fishermen? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, bass hole. That's, where you, you go, that's yeah. the deep. Yeah, that's where you. That's the deep holes underneath the logs. That's right. Where you that's like right. drop your line and there you, you go. catch a bass. You yeah. feel, you feel that's better. It. Yeah, that's it. You can feel better. And then the other one sounds like <laughs> sounds like <laughs> well, like a pen, like a Bic pen. That's, it sounds like Bic. So, all right. Okay. You get Is it? this yeah. all it yeah, takes then, to you know, get that, you back from vacation, Don? <laughs> he was so excited, dude. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm going, oh, Tom got nailed by somebody. That's so great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes your vacation. Well, give us an update. We uh, uh, we have a couple minutes before you got to go to break. Don is in New Zealand on, I'm using air quotes now, yes. vacation, because apparently mm. you're not, not too relaxed. But uh, tell us I what you've been doing. I was reading. It's it's Sunday morning in New Zealand. I was having a cup of coffee, reading the Wall Street Journal, and listening to Talking Real Money. Okay. Oh. Well, everybody should do that Sunday morning in New Zealand. Where? Where in New Zealand yeah. are you, Don? I, I am sitting at the foot of the Fox Glacier on the west coast of the South Island. Wow. So you've already made the trek from one island to another? Yes. We're on the South Island now. Yeah. We're heading... As soon as we leave... As soon as we uh, take our little RV out of the camp here, we're going to head down to Milford Sound, and uh, just we just keep kind of wending our way south. Well, we miss you. We do, mostly because I have to do those reports every morning on Como. But anyway, that's another you know. Yeah, and you know, you know this this uh, this is how you know I'm on vacation. I have no idea what the market did this week. None whatsoever. Uh, well, you'd be no glad idea. to know that we made a little money this week, just a little bit. But it oh, went up and down, and then it ended up down on Friday, but we made a little money for the week. So. Now, you're so not how, in, in Glen... How is it Glenorchy? Are you in Glenorchy? 
No. No. Okay. But I know where that is. There's some, yeah, some Glen thing down the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beautiful area. Yeah, you know, it's over near near Queenstown. Yes, south which is of where Queenstown. We're heading today. Yeah, oh, we're heading great. Down, we're heading down to Queenstown today. So, can you um, trade stocks on way. today? I mean, can you trade tomorrow and then tell us so on when it's Monday here, we can make money? Yeah, you know what's funny is in the hotel, the hotel I was staying at in Auckland had a view of a ticker across the street on the building. And the only thing that was on that building were the, I didn't even know they had a New Zealand S&P. And it was the, S, the New Zealand S&P 50 along with New Zealand stocks. That's all they showed on the ticker. And I'm thinking, this is one of the smaller economies in the world, and yet it's the only one people think about investing in here. Are you going to go by and see? Interesting uh, to think about. You going to go by and see Coach Gruden because I think they start practice on Tuesday there in Auckland. Oh yeah, the Auckland Raiders. Yes. Yeah. By, yeah. by the way, Don, except it's a different. It's rugby. I'm All sorry. right. Well, we hate to cut you off, but we have to go to oh, a break. Oh, I'm one to talk drive about New Zealand investors. You take you drive safely because he's on the wrong side of the road down there, which does make me a little bit nervous. Go so. to Glen Orky. You'll have a ball. All right, Don. Thank you for calling us. And I'm going. Thanks, take guys. take the rest of the afternoon off. We'll be back with your questions and calls. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you're sick of investing through an insurance agent or a stockbroker and you're in the market for a fee-only advisor who charges truly low fees and uses a scientific approach to building portfolios for your risk tolerance and need, you should check out Vestry. Tom and I started this firm and it is devoted to educating everyone, total transparency, clarity, low fees, and great service. If you're looking for an advisor, you ought to at least take a look at us at Vestory.com. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Or give us a call, 800-386-3004. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, you've heard from Don. Now you get to hear from Tom, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255. Our special guest this week and next week and... At Retire Meet, Paul Merriman, financial educator. He uh, He's started a great business that's been around for, did we say 35 years? Yeah. How many businesses last 30, almost no business last 35 years? The numbers are horrendously Do you small. know how many hedge funds live past 10 years? How many? 5%. Yeah, it's a very small number. So they're still doing great work right down the street here. Merriman is. And uh, Paul has written books. He's got a great podcast. You can see all his free portfolios at paulmerriman.com, among other things. And he's here to answer your questions. So go ahead and give us a ring, 855-935-8255. And that's what Hal has done and now joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Hal. Hi. I got a question about fixed annuities, if I may, please. Go ahead. Uh, maybe eight, nine years ago, I bought a, some fixed annuities through a one-man shop, and he retired, sold his business to a much larger firm, and uh, they are uh, trying to uh, offer me now some fixed annuities, 10 years, for up to a million dollars, with a 7% premium and earning 7.5%, which to me sounds a bit too good to be true. Is that possible for a larger firm to give that type of return on a fixed annuity? Hal, how old are you? I'm 74. You know, at 70, I am too. Whoa. And I can tell you that you and I, if we go to uh, an insurance company, 
could get. And is this for your life only, or you and your spouse? Uh, it's it's inside my IRA, uh, so it would be out of my money only. Okay. But uh, I'm married, and I don't know what effect that would have. But uh, in any case, uh, she would, of course, if I were to kick the bucket before then, she would she would get that, of course. Well, that would that would suggest that. Well, there are a lot of a lot of details when when it comes to an IRA. But what you need to do, if you are going to put and you can put annuities inside of an IRA, and yes, the older you get, the bigger the the payoff is, and whether it's for both you and your wife or just for you will dictate how much that payoff is. More for you if it's just um, if 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 it is in fact only for you. But anyway, here's what you need to do if you're going to go forward on this. You need to shop mm-hmm. around. And I'm going to give you somebody where you should check to see what they would do, because the name is strange, but it's Stan the Annuity Man. But go on the Internet. He has more great educational material than anybody I know on annuities. And is that the website, StanTheAnnuityMan.com? Yes. Yes. S-T-A-N the annuity man.com i think i've been to that site before but stan says don't just go to his site go to vanguard because vanguard okay. has fixed annuities and sometimes according to stan vanguard is able to offer people a better payout than he is with the insurance companies that he uses and he uses some 50 to 60 different companies. I guess the question, too, to me, would be, what part of your portfolio is this? In other words, people sometimes get, I just going to, I hear 7%, perks my ears up. Or I hear 7%, it perks my ears up. What part, is this supplying you income then? Or, I mean, tell me more about the reason yeah. for holding an annuity. Well, I would expect it to earn income for me. Uh, and it would, if I go for the million, it would represent maybe 50%. Okay, I'm not asking you what you would expect. I'm asking you what, in other words, if you look at my portfolio, I have a certain amount in a globally diversified stocks. I have a little bit in bonds because I'm going to work another 10 years, so I'm okay with the volatility of the market. And then when I retire, I'm going to be able to clearly say this part of my portfolio is invested a way to provide income to pay me. Mm-hmm. This part of the portfolio is, to, is set up to grow, to have things continue to go up. I'm asking you for the if if, if this makes up fifty percent of your overall holdings, are you owning this so that it will write you a check every month to pay for your lifestyle? Right. Well, and, and keep in mind, Tom, that the beauty of the annuity for people who it's appropriate for, because it's a small number of people, percentage-wise, that it's appropriate for. But especially are, at seventy-four. Well, here here's the thing. There's nowhere else in the industry that you can get as big a payoff as you can from the annuities, remembering that in in Hal's case, after he has died and his wife has died, which let's say is in the next five or ten years. I mean, I not your at, money. I know how my body looks right now and how long I'm. <laughs> you made it all the last. way up the elevator. Right. Don't sell yourself right. short. Your son was holding my arm, <laughs> but 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 the bottom line is is that a lot of people are willing to exchange that big payoff for the possibility of having nothing left right. over. I mean, remember, it's the insurance company's money. That's it. That's that, the part that's, you got to pay. It. And that's why I don't like it at 74. But here's what Hal okay, does have. Hal does have half of his money in things that are evidently growing. Right, Hal? 
All right, I got them in uh, Vanguard with uh, in mutual funds. And, uh, yeah, okay, all right. So he's looking for that for so his why not kids. just take that and put that into a bond fund at Vanguard? Because he won't get okay. 7.5%. No, you will not get 7.5%, but it's not your money anymore. Well, that's the decision people are willing to make. I right. mean, in a sense, it's like a pension. That's true. And if when you I die, it, it's over. That's true. Yeah, okay. I, I got a question for you, but I thought that a fixed annuity... Actually, that it uh, that the money grows uh, and that it all is your money, as opposed to an immediate whatever. I don't know. I guess a different types of annuities. Is it a single premium annuity, or is it a like a CD annuity? Uh, I the current one that I have right now through some insurance companies is I I gave them X money and uh, every year I get currently a three and a half percent back on it. R- right, which I but the, pulled out, which I let, which I let go. Yeah. Uh, but my understanding is that the, that the interest plus my initial money is all still mine. It's not like a an annuity that uh, like a like a pension type stuff, like a. Um, well, yeah. it may or may not be from what you've told me about the payout. I can't rate. believe Let's it because there. of that big payout. That, I can't believe that it's the, that, your money that's anymore. Right. That that's right. That is my question. That is a yep. single premium annuity life. And here's what you have going for you. Uh, I'm guessing you have a lot of money at Vanguard, right? I kept three quarters of my money right there. Right now. Okay. And you told us about how much you were talking about on the fixed yeah. annuity, which means you qualify for a free consultation at Vanguard, if that's what oh. you want to do. And Vanguard will tell you uh, whether or not it's the appropriate thing to do. It's a good point. And by the way, I don't know how you guys work in this regard, Tom. Oh, we'll sit down with, I mean, we'll sit down and look at the, because we have people that have been in the insurance business. They'll look at it and say yes or no, or maybe. So yeah. Annuities, fixed annuities with good insurance companies are a commodity. And so you want to get the best payout in a high grade insurance company if that's what you're choosing. But I think that the folks may have, if they implied that if you died, for example, in a year, that everybody would, would they would get all this money. I'm not buying I, it. I but. don't think so. Well, that's what puzzled me because the returns seem to be too high for that. And exactly. And generally, generally, when you give the money to the insurance company and they give you that big payout, it's no longer your money. Generally, not right. every Paul. Right. I get it that, that you got to look at the the fine fine print. Hal, thank you for your question. It's a great question. Good luck to you, Hal. And again, yes, thanks for calling. Um, and we'd love to take your call eight five five nine three five eight two five five. And you make a very good point. You have seven hundred thousand, whatever it is, at Vanguard. Call them up. Yep. They'll help you. I mean, <laughs> we'd love to. They'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So, and they have qualified people there that will look at that policy and say, "Here's the good news. Here's the bad news." I mean, they'll they'll lay it out there for you. So, I again, I with that high a payout, I really wonder if it's still yours. Those products are so complex, right. That even people in the industry have a to- hard time understanding them. If it is a single premium annuity life, it's the simplest one. Yeah, in that's the true. Business. That's true. It doesn't have all those underlying. Well, you get 
this much of the market and it's capped off here. Oh, yeah. that's not, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I've been around for a while and I can't figure all those things out. So, okay. So to, before we go to the, to the news at the bottom of the hour, you mentioned you're going to be speaking two weeks from today at retire meet in Everett. It's going to be a great event. Uh, you're doing the 10 things, uh, 10 decisions guaranteed 10 decisions. to change your financial future. Wow. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And might, which isn't a word we get to use a lot in this business. Well, wait a minute. It might be better or it might be worse, <laughs> but guarantee. I guarantee it will be different. Well, give us a tease. Give us one of them. Well, I mean, the dis- huge decision is how much you're willing to pay for expenses inside of a mutual fund. Wow. All of the academic research says that the the shortest distance to go to getting higher returns is to have mutual funds with lower expenses and of course what does that tend to lead us to index funds and what's a low expense in a mutual fund how much well it's in a regular mutual fund an average for an equity fund could be one percent okay wow. average you can get that same and, and better returns, by the way, better performance, and pay less than one-tenth of one percent. That's talking about compounding 90 basis points, right. 90 one-hundredths of one percent yep. for the rest of your life. If not for you to enjoy, what about children and charities? But what do you hire a manager who can put you more in Amazon and less in GE? Doesn't that make sense? Well, there actually is no evidence that it makes sense, and the reason is because all of this, well, yes, wait a minute, let me take that back. Okay. I know that over the last 15 years, if you looked at the S&P 500 and you looked at mutual funds that are actively managed to do the same thing, 10% at the end of 15 years have been able to do better than the benchmark Done itself. Done better than the just the, the than just, just the S&P 500 right, got it. The index, index, okay? Right, got it. Okay. In other words, you had to pick the ones though. You had to pick the one out of 10 <laughs> right. uh, that would do better and I don't know how to do that. The academic industry doesn't know how to do that. Wall Street doesn't know. Why is it so hard? Because the future is unknown, okay. and people talk like they know what's going to happen. The reality is, is the past and what's happened in the past is way more meaningful than the story we make up in our head or some guru makes up in their head about what's going to happen. People want to think that somebody can put it all together for the future. I think you can put it all together based on the past, have a higher probability of getting a good return, and have the right amount of fixed income to address their risk tolerance. That's what you're looking for. And we're going to we come back. We'll talk about the guy who did put it together for a lot of years, a guy named Warren Buffett. I mean, he's yeah. recognized as the best stock picker of uh, the gen- our generation, whatever you want to... Are we in the same gender? No, I'm not saying. Anyway, I, I, I'm, so, I mean, the guy who really is known for seeing the future, picking the right companies, investing in those in a way that is better than the index, per se. And we'll talk about how he's done the last 15 years, because it's an interesting topic. Your questions and calls as well, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. As we continue here on Talking Real Money, I'm Tom Cock. Paul Merriman is our special guest, and we'll be right back. Tom and Don are talking real money. 
In addition to the Talking Real Money podcast, I also do another podcast that's very popular over at Apple Podcasts. It's called Money 30. Every day I try to educate and inform you about money in a brief two to four minute podcast. So check them out at Apple Podcasts or all the other podcast services or at money30.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. We encourage you to call and ask questions like Jay did and Carrie and Hal. We'll talk about pretty much anything money related because this is the show about your dough. 855, I stole that from Don. 855-935-8255. Yes, that's a toll-free number. Every number is a toll-free number. You got a cell phone, it's a toll-free number. I don't know. 855-935-8255. And we were talking about sort of picking stock. So I, I think I mentioned at the top of the show that I got a little bit of a brouhaha this week because I admonished someone to not make, not run a stock picking game in a high school because I think it's a bad way to get people started with with investing. And most people, by the way, I think if you survey the public, most people think that's investing, that you got to decide, put the money in Amazon and don't put the money in Microsoft, that that's how winners and losers are made. And it's not. But the guy who's known for doing that for a long time is a fellow that runs a company called Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, I think he's been doing that since like 1970? Uh, uh, 68 or 67, yeah. I think. And I mean, he has picked stocks. He's not just picked them. He runs them. I mean, he has a certain advantage that, that you and I, we might pick the right stock, but we don't get to come in and tell the board of directors, do this and this and this. It's a little different, but he's done it very well. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Warren Buffett has told his wife that when he passes on, just put the money I leave you, which might be substantial, uh, in an index fund, although I think he's giving most of it away to the Gates Foundation. But how has he done the last 15 years? Now, he owns, if you had to type, say the type of stocks that he buys, they're big companies generally. And these we're looking when we say big market capitalization the number of shares outstanding times the share price but they are somewhat distressed companies they're in industries that are out of favor they might have had a problem recently i think he didn't he loan goldman sachs like mm-hmm. 10 billion dollars in 2008 at I like 10 percent the amount but it was big it was big and yeah. 10 per, i mean that's a good loan if you get your money back right that's a yeah good way to get your money paid um so he owns large U.S. what we would call value companies. So it's fair to take his returns and compare them to just owning the whole bunch of large U.S. value. Not picking stocks, just owning that what we would call asset class. And how has that turned out? Well, as of yesterday's close, according to Morningstar, the the premier database for the public, and it's all free at Morningstar.com, his compound rate of return for 15 years has been 10%, which it turns Darn out good. Yeah. is the same return as the S&P 500. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. But you took more risk to own his fund, probably. Yes, you did. Because yes. you own a lot fewer securities, yeah, for one That's thing. correct. Yeah. And, and, and the S&P is a combination of recognized growth and value good stocks. Point. Yeah. But there are index funds that represent large cap value, small cap value, international large cap and small cap value. There's even an index fund for 
small, uh, emerging market value company. I own it. So I do too. Oh. You know, okay. mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> I was going to go there, but I decided <laughs> to let it go. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> but um, it's interesting to note that for that same 15 years, the large cap value fund at Dimensional Funds, which is a huge index house, yep. passively managed funds, compounded at 10.9. The small cap value mm-hmm. fund, 12.1. Ooh. The international large cap value, 9.7. So you're thinking internationals didn't do as well uh, as the Because that's what you heard, especially since the Great Recession. Don't own it. those lousy international markets. Well, it turns out that international small cap value companies, remember they're supposed to get a premium yep. because they're more risky, 12.8, and the emerging market value fund, 13.8. All now, you had to do is expose your money to lousy companies in crummy countries and you made more money that's well, really surprising to hear you know i they're not crummy companies i want to make sure that <laughs> i don't want challenged in today's parlance okay. okay pardon me as you know bricks and mortar companies aren't as exciting as the high tech google i got all and, mine in crypto stuff so okay. you know you know that so i make it's a real but it money. turns out and i've recommended this for some time for young people to be all value and if you spread the money yeah. amongst big, small, U.S. international, and a slice of emerging markets, 11.6 versus Buffett's 10. 11.6 versus yeah. Buffett's 10. And you have and, way and that doesn't. Now, I want to stop you there, because when I tell people that, that's like going to a sale that was 20% off, or I saw this other one that's 15. That's not a big difference. 1.5% over a long period of time is a huge difference. Here's what I teach my uh, high school or uh, college students. If you can get an extra half of 1%, 85 instead of 8 and you put away $5,000 a year for 40 years. How much? You will have getting 8.5% almost two million dollars more wow. over a lifetime wow so i mean one there's a number half of one percent i mean so yeah the things at the edges they do make it they do and, and the, the other work that you did early today before we go to the calls is you compared a, a vanguard portfolio which yes. is the, which is people listening to us know we'd send you all the time to vanguard i think right. vanguard's a very fine fun fun family the expenses are low well diversified you can buy most of the asset classes but you did a great comparison between vanguard's funds and the funds operated by a firm called dimensional funds which is not available directly to the public you have to use an advisor they don't want hot money they don't want people buying and selling yep. which by the way i think is added to the returns but Dimensional has managed to outperform Vanguard in the same period of time. And that's only because they build their indexes in a and different way. They're not way. indexes, right? I mean, an index, well, an you, index is really... A recognized, yeah, you see, okay. like the S&P 500. But what if you had an index that wasn't the Russell 2000 yeah. small cap, okay? What if it was all small caps total? 
Good it point. wouldn't have to be the 2000, and there are some reasons why it gives the managers some huge advantages to go beyond just the 2000. And they don't have to recharacterize the way. I mean, they don't have to yeah. play by Wall Street's rules. So there's a whole lot of reasons it makes sense. They've been very successful. Now I think the seventh largest mutual fund family in the world, something like that, so that you don't know about. All right, let's go to the phones. <laughs> Our telephone number is 855 935 8255 and we go to alan thank you for joining us here on talking real money how can we help you today hi good afternoon uh i got a really strange question in that uh how much money can one have i've been investing for 40 years i'm getting ready to retire and where they can say hey i'm done i can put my money in cds uh live off the interest and don't worry about growth don't worry about inflation don't worry about the market and just have one hell of a good time. Well, well you're asking uh, us how much you need to do that? Yeah. What would you say? How many millions would, would one Well, it depends well, how much. What do you spend? Yeah. Uh, less than 100000 a year. And how much is Social Security? 30 So you need to finance $70,000 a year. I have yeah. some tables. Uh, I just did an article at paulmerriman.com <clears throat> about fixed distributions. And if you looked at those tables, and of course, how many how many more years do you expect to live, Alan? Uh, 20, 25. Okay. I think you'll like these tables because it looks at the implications of having all of your money in bonds, intermediate-term governments, very low risk, uh, then 10% equity, 20% equity, all the way up to 100% equity with the S&P 500. And it shows taking out 3% a year, 4% a year, 5 and 6. I think if you read that article and look at those tables, that will give you a lot of great information. And I'm guessing that Tom has done well, the number. I just, just kind of, I mean, if you needed 80,000, people tell me 70,000. I'm going to say 80 just because I know human nature. But if you had 80,000 and it needed 80,000 and you had a portfolio of 1.8 million, and had no growth, you could take that out for a very long period of time. I'd have to run it uh, again to see if you could take yeah, it out for 25 well, years. 20, real quickly, 80000 to $1.8 is like 20, 20 years. There you go, with no growth. Um, but, but I think if you look at my tables, that even with adding 10 to 20% in equities makes a huge difference over a long period of time. Are you interested in leaving anything for other people? Not really. Okay. No no charities would be of, uh, of any particular interest uh, to your alma mater or to, you know, to help kids get through college? Mm, my kids are fine, but, you know, they'll have what's left over. Okay. I, then I then I I think your strat. In other words, another thing that Warren Buffett wrote recently that I really liked is why take risk with money you may need to make money you do not need. You're saying exactly. I don't need it. I just want to live off it. Then go ahead. If you go to paulmerriman.com and you look at the Vanguard, where, do they, where does he look, click on? Look at well, look under mutual funds, and you can look at my Vanguard recommendations for monthly you have an income. income. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and a, a particular approach to buying fixed income Would that funds. be better than, like, laddering CDs? Uh, you know, it would be simpler. Okay. You know, That's one true. financial advisor who told me said, basically, you won the financial game. I use that so, expression from time to time with people as well, sure. Yeah, you won. You don't have yeah. to play anymore. I agree. 
it's over. Just have a good time and don't worry about a thing. There you go. But you that doesn't mean you want to invest in a mutual fund with high expenses, does it? No. It just says CD, he just says CD ladders. Okay. Well, I mean, keep that's... It, keep it simple, no risk, no loss of principle, and have a good time. You should be fine. As you probably know, there's a huge difference from one bank to another in CDs. So even shopping CDs can pay a big premium over time if you take the time to do it. Yeah, what about going with brokerage houses and their, their CDs? I think like, I, kind of like Fidelity, Vanguard, all yeah, of them. Yeah, I there. think that's fine. Yeah, yes. It's all in one place, and you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, make it as simple as you can possibly do it. Okay, Alan. Good luck enjoy to your you. Show. And, Congratulations, and, and enjoy I'm, your oh. money. Yep. Thank okay, you for just, uh, everything for Tom and Don, wherever, wherever he is right now. We'd like to know if you see him. Please have him call us. <laughs> He's in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, he's in New Zealand. Yeah, he's having a good... You know what? It's the first vacation of any type he's taken since Jimmy Carter roamed the halls of the White House. So it's been a long time. I'm serious. The guy works, has worked all the time, so he deserves it. Thank you very much for your call. I'm just... And by the way, I'm looking at your, um, your portfolio. We'll talk about this, your Vanguard monthly income portfolio. I got it pulled up here. We can talk about these funds. That might be an interesting thing because a lot of people... Whether or not they have as much money as Alan, they don't want to take risk after they yeah. retire. I don't want to look at the yeah. market or think about Trump or all the rest. It makes me nervous. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. More on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. We mentioned 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 throughout the podcast. But you need to know that you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave your question, and those will be answered in special Talking Real Money podcasts that will appear on this particular site in the future. So give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. As you just heard, Don is zooming around New Zealand. Well, actually, he's sitting out having his Sunday morning coffee, reading the Wall Street Journal and listening to Talking Real Money. How cliche. I mean, come on, really? Shouldn't he be chasing a kangaroo or doing something a little more local? I don't know. This is New Zealand. Okay. They don't have kangaroos there? I don't, I don't know. know it well enough. So, okay. Uh, we'd love to help you. 855-935-8255. I'm Tom Cock. Uh, Paul Merriman is here and just doing a great job. And you're going to be speaking on Bainbridge next week. Yes, the 26th. Wow, it's coming up. It's a two-hour presentation. It is aimed at anybody who's in a 401k and wanting to figure out how to do better. In fact, part of the presentation includes 25 different ways you can improve your 401k return. Now, you don't just come there for the two-hour presentation. <laughs> oh, we're going to get the whole Bainbridge Chamber you, of Commerce pitch again. You come early okay. and you see this amazing art museum. Okay, what kind of art? It's Pacific Northwest. It's all Pacific Northwest. Okay, all right. And it is the the people in the community have, I think, uh, created an absolute gem, and it's free. 
It's free. Okay. So that's there. You go then downtown. You, maybe yeah. you have dinner before. Maybe you have it after. But if you want to get home, get to bed early, you catch an 820 ferry. It's a, that sounds it's late to me. Five, so, okay. It's a five-minute walk from the ferry <laughs> to the art museum. Oh, okay. And where is okay. your presentation being held? In the art museum. Ah, I see. Okay, hence the art. Okay, now I'm getting the connection. All right. And the Pacific Northwest And it guy. costs nothing. And it costs nothing. Wow. Okay. And, and you go the, to paulmerriman.com to sign. You had to sign up? You Yes. You should. Okay. It is, it is sponsored by the Bainbridge Community Foundation. And can I make a suggestion? Yes. If you drive your boat onto the ferry and you get to Bainbridge, please drive your car off of the ferry. Ah, yes. Because we yes. just heard a story yes. about how 30, this is serious. Yeah. In the I, last oh. two years, 35 people have left their cars. So yeah. then the ferry system says, well, did they commit suicide? I mean, they, they freak out. They don't know what to do. Well, My car, they would pe- just push it off, especially <laughs> if I was in it. But other people, they might not. You, so. you do not know how much those people had to drink before well, they And, and, and that was ride. a smart thing, to leave the car <laughs> on the ferry. Seems strange. Okay, so Thursday night, yep, the how to invest your 401k yep. over there. And IRA, and IRA. Okay, all right. Now, we were just talking to Hal. No, Alan, pardon me. Alan was asking about, you know, sort of a fix of using, for example, for example, you could take your money. I won the game. All I need is I just want a little interest off the money. I don't care about growth. I don't care if things go up. Okay. He was saying laddering CDs. You've got on your port, your, uh, your uh, website here, paulmerriman.com, you've got the Vanguard monthly income portfolio, which includes one of my favorite funds, the Vanguard short-term bond uh, corporate bond fund. You've got the Vanguard Intermediate Term Corporate Bonds. You've got the Vanguard Ginny May and the Vanguard High Yield Corporate, which may, gives my heart a little palpitation, but that's another topic. So yep. this is designed to produce how much in income? Well, it's going to be over 3.5%. Which sounds pretty good. Okay. And what you've got there is what we think in terms of a laddered CD in a way. You've got some short, you've got some intermediate, you've got some government, you've got some 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 corporate, the Ginny May, so that you've got a mix of of levels of risk in terms of the fixed income securities, different maturities. And do you have to rebalance this at all? I mean, you don't have to. So it just sits there. And you don't care about the the if you're the idea is you're willing to live off of the income that comes off and you don't need it like Hal doesn't Alan, doesn't, Alan. Alan, Alan me. did need the money. <laughs> Hal, Hal needed right. the money. Alan, did Alan not. didn't. Okay. Right. But, but it's for people who do not want any equities in their portfolio, yeah. but they want to do better than CDs because he's not going to get 3.5% in a laddered CD. I think I just portfolio. looked at bank rate and it was a little over two yeah. for something in the relatively short term. Okay, so that's. And you can do this in a regular taxable account, or could you do this in an IRA? You could do this in an IRA, okay. and you could, in a taxable account, if you wanted to, you could do it with tax-exempt bonds. You're not going to get that kind of a payout. And the assumption what is, is... What is the Vanguard Intermediate uh, Muni Fund paying now? Oh, I, I honestly don't remember, Tom. I'm, you, you can look that up. But uh, the, the reality is is that somebody who just needs the income to come off of this probably isn't in a real high tax bracket. Now, it's possible somebody who had a ton of money uh, could, in fact, have a tax problem. Just because you're in bonds doesn't mean you're going to have a, uh, that you're not going to have a, a, a tax problem. But that is, uh, that is the ad approach. And again, for people 
who were willing to have as little as 20% in equities. The return, even using intermediate-term bonds, has historically been better than that combination of fixed income with very little additional risk. It's uh, it, But it's a challenge for some people to have any equities yeah, in no, their I, portfolio. I, I understand that. The equity markets are volatile. Um, if you own the Vanguard intermediate-term VWITX, a muni bond fund, your uh, SEC 30-day yield is 2.3. So okay. It's there you're right. Go. It's less. Yeah. Uh, you're. It's probably less less bumpy too in some ways, right? Uh, well, it'd be less uh, bumpy certainly than the high yield corporate bond fund. Right. But when you have all right. four of them in there, it's probably not a huge up and down. And 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 for people who are worried about high yield, yes, they went down in two thousand eight, and the next year they skyrocketed. Yeah. No. In so two thousand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a different ride, but what you're looking for is not the ride of principle, but the cash flow that comes in. I mean, that has to be your focus if you're a low-risk investor. Okay. Well, speaking of low-risk investor, I mean, you're a guy who has spent, well, I mean, you started Merriman the company in 1983. I think mm-hmm. I have that right. 35 years this year. Mm-hmm. You have not been running it for a decade or so. I think it's something like that. Yeah, somewhere yeah in that that's, area. Probably, okay. that's probably that's uh, probably after you cleaned up guys like me. Sold me, it guys in 2012. Yeah. Okay, got guys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so but I mean, and yet you're still running around the countryside doing all this stuff. How come? I started when I sold the business. I started a foundation, a financial education foundation, and so all of my work uh, is about helping people do this better particularly for do-it-yourselfers. I sponsor a class at Western. Uh, is that still being taught? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, full so what's every, it called now? It's Personal Investing 216. Okay. Because it used to be like investing for non-hedge fund well, managers it, or something. <laughs> no, I mean, it was something like that. It was something like, you It's know. for non-finance majors. Okay, pardon me. But it me. turned out that finance majors want to take it, too. Oh, okay. But... Uh, we're now talking to Western, and I am working on a project where there's going to be a financial education center uh, for all students at Western. And do they still have your statue up in Red Square right there next to Stalin? And I forget the other guy. Anyways. No statue. No but, statue. But okay. I am going to support uh, this uh, uh, this center because Well, I, why isn't this – why – okay, stopping. Why isn't this course – why don't you take it and get it taught in – 30 universities. I mean, I'll give well, you an example. All right. The young guy sitting right across over here, mm-hmm, my son, mm-hmm. smart guy, uh, business major at Northwest University, right? And he came home one day. He was taking the, I forget, whatever class, and gave me the, the, the what they were being taught in terms of investing. Yeah. And it had things like derivatives. Had all, And yeah. I was like, okay, most of these people are going into the clergy or teachers. They are not going to be hedge fund managers. No offense. Yeah. I think what you're doing for young, that's what people should be taught, right? I mean, how to save, how to invest. It's simple. Why don't we have more of this in the public university system today? Well, it is it is coming. And in fact, uh, this summer, I am teaching teachers uh, K through 12 a- across the state of Washington how to teach investing. Oh, by the or, way, my fourth grader has a Roth IRA. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there you I go. love that. There you go. She worked uh, in your wife's. She uh, did. Oh, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yep. Good. Family-owned business, you. so you can make money yeah. if, if underage, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. So, 
Um, I'm not going to ask what you made her do. Uh, that wouldn't be good. But <laughs> her fingers, she can't feel the end of her fingers anymore. Those ovens are like 900 degrees or something. But, I told her not to scrub them till they cooled down, but she didn't listen. So, But this state is making an effort to educate K through 12. And uh, I'm working on the project as hard as I can. Okay. You, you, when you start talking about going beyond the state borders, uh, my wife gets very unhappy because yeah, no, I mean she knows how many hours right. I work yeah, right now. I know. I completed filming 20 videos at Western, which will be out in a few months. These are like what? Three to six minutes each. Okay. About how to invest. So young people, even though I still work for old people who. Who are trying to What's figure, old now? I just want to know. Am I on the old list? No, no you're okay. not there yet. You're a young guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you're on the cusp. I know, right there, yeah. But but um, financial education, the payoff is huge right. to people, and there's never No, it's been not a, just huge to people. It's huge to us as a society, because right. the more people we can help get this right, the better off we all are. I hate to say yeah. it. It sounds socialistic in some way but in some ways it is because if we get people saving and investing from age 20 guess how great the world looks to a lot more of us at age 60 a lot i agree and if we get them educated by age 20 think how less likely they are to do business with somebody who's got a big fat commission yeah at that end of that sale it's like the person who came in our office the other day and said where's the mahogany yeah, <laughs> I, I, I seen it. We don't have it here, but you know, where's your? Are you drive a Honda? Are you kidding me? No. So yeah, yeah that's good. No, I mean that's good. Okay, so you're doing this course, going to help more young people, like really young people. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to what are you going to tell the teachers? I'm going to teach them the best I know how to teach young people about investing. In fact. In May, I have a, a a workshop on Bainbridge. You can come for dinner. You got the no, art thing. It's yeah, the same I heard thing. It, yeah. Except it's going to be for parents, grandparents, and t- kids who are sixteen to twenty-five. And wow. I'm going to be talking to those kids. I'm going to teach them how to borrow money from their grandparents and their parents in order to start their IRA when they are 18 years old. You like what you're hearing? You're going to hear more of it next week when we come back with more Talking Real Money. And you can hear Paul in person at Retire Meet in Everett on Saturday, May 5th. Go to retiremeet.com to sign up. We just have a few tickets left. We'll see you in a couple of Saturdays. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.